Hello, and welcome to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I am your host, Mr. Miller. This podcast will cover a number of topics that happened on this date in history. Please visit the podcast webpage at thishappentoday.buzzsprout.com. There you can download the notes page, which will help you organize the information, as well as develop your own ideas on how these events change the world around us. If you're interested in hearing more, please consider subscribing so you will not miss out on what happens tomorrow in history. Today is April 24th. In 1990, the American Space Agency, NASA, successfully launched the Space Shuttle Discovery from Cape Canaveral in Florida on its historic mission to carry the Hubble Space Telescope into orbit 380 miles above the Earth. The telescope will operate from high above the atmosphere, thus avoiding the interference which limits ground-based telescopes. It will be able to see up to the edge of the known universe, taking images of objects and events which happened up to 14 billion years ago. The telescope, the size of a railway carriage, has taken 20 years to build at a cost of $1.55 billion. It has been dogged by technical hitches, a huge budget overruns, and other delays. Its launch is seven years overdue, held up by problems in the space shuttle program, including the explosion of the Challenger shuttle in 1986. The problems continued even once it was safely in space, as the British made solar panel arrays, which provide power for the six separate instruments on board, malfunctioned. However, scientists said they were expecting it to be difficult. Deploying the the solar panels is technically more challenging than the launch of the space shuttle one more time, said NASA scientist Stephen Marin. The fault was resolved, and now the telescope faces six months of testing before becoming fully operational. NASA hopes to release the first test image of an open star cluster known as NGC 3532 in about a week. Hubble's main instrument is the fine-polished mirror 94 inches across 240 centimeters across there are also two cameras one which can achieve image resolutions 10 times greater than that of even the largest earth-based telescope and a second which can detect an object 50 times fainter than anything else visible from earth we're going to have the ability to observe the most distant objects among the earliest in the universe and thus probe the secrets of creation said nasa's chief scientist leonard fisk This telescope would be controlled by the specially created Space Telescope Science Institute at Baltimore. It's thought that Hubble's images will provoke a drastic revision of the shapes, sizes, and content of galaxies already identified by ground-based telescopes. It is also likely to find new stars and phenomena, and astronomers suggest that telescope provides the best chance yet of working out the true age of the universe. On Easter Monday, April 24th of 1916, a group of Irish nationalists proclaimed the the establishment of the Irish Republic and, along with some 1,600 followers, staged a rebellion against the British government in Ireland. The rebels seized prominent buildings in Dublin and clashed with British troops. Within a week, the insurrection had been suppressed and more than 2,000 people were dead or injured. The leaders of the rebellion soon were executed. Initially, there was little support from the Irish people for the Easter Rising. However, public opinion later shifted and the executed leaders were hailed as martyrs. In 1921, a treaty was signed that in 1922 established the Irish Free State, which eventually became the modern-day Republic of Ireland. The Easter Rising was intended to take place across Ireland. However, various circumstances resulted in it being carried out primarily in Dublin. On April 24th of 1916, the rebel leaders and their followers, whose numbers reached some 1,600 people over the course of the insurrection, and many of whom were members of a nationalist organization called the Irish Volunteers, or a small radical militia group, the Irish Citizen Army, 
seized the city's general post office and other strategic locations. Early that afternoon, from the steps of the post office, Patrick Pierce, one of the uprising's leaders, read a proclamation declaring Ireland an independent republic and stating that a provisional government had been appointed. Despite the rebels' hopes, the public did not rise to support them. The British government soon declared martial law in Ireland, and in less than a week, the rebels were crushed by the government forces sent against them. Some 450 people were killed, and more than 2,000 others, many of them civilians, were wounded in the violence, which also destroyed much of the Dublin city center. Initially, many Irish people resented the rebels for the destruction and death caused by the uprising. However, in May, 15 leaders of the uprising were executed by firing squad. More than 3,000 people suspected of supporting the uprising, directly or indirectly, were arrested, and some 1,800 were sent to England and imprisoned there without a trial. The rushed executions, mass arrests, and martial law, which remained in effect through the fall of 1916, fueled public resentment toward the British and were among the factors that helped build support for the rebels in the movement for Irish independence. In the 1918 general election to the Parliament of the United Kingdom, the Fine political party, whose goal was to establish a republic, won a majority of the Irish seats. The party's members then refused to sit in the UK Parliament, and in January of 1919, met in Dublin to convene a single chamber of Parliament and declare Ireland's independence. The Irish Republican Army then launched a guerrilla war against the British government and its forces in Ireland. Following a July 1921 ceasefire, the two sides signed a treaty in December that called for the establishment of the Irish Free State, a self-governing nation of the British Commonwealth, the following year. Ireland's six northern counties opted out of the Free State and remained with the United Kingdom. The fully independent Republic of Ireland, consisting of the 26 counties in the southern and western part of Ireland, uh, were formally proclaimed on Easter Monday, April 18th of 1949. And finally... In 1984, the Apple IIc was released at the Apple Forever Conference held in San Diego. Although somewhat overshadowed by the introductions of the Macintosh and Lisa II lines, the IIc held its own. The IIc came in a rare, small, portable platinum case with a tilt monitor that featured a 9-inch green flat panel display and could be lugged around like a suitcase. Also included was an external 140K 5.25-inch floppy disk drive of the same color. It ran a 65 CO2 processor running at 1.4 MHz. It also sported a brand new ROM chip that allowed the user to use lowercase Applesoft basic commands for the first time, use a new built-in mini-assembler, and use Mouseworks, a ProDOS GUI similar to the newly released Mac OS. The 2C had two serial ports, one mouse port, one disk port, and a 128K of RAM. For portability, though, it was sacrificed the seven expansion slots found on the early, earlier Apple IIe, and the motherboard prevented the 2C from getting a reliable high-speed serial connection on early models. This did not deter sales, though. It was the machine for the computer illiterate, and its innovative design won the Industrial Design Excellence Award six months later. It sold well until it was discontinued in September of 1988 with the introduction of the 2C+, the last computer in the 2 series. The 2C Plus included the new 800K 3.5-inch floppy drive, 6.5 CO2 running at an option of 1 or 4 MHz using a built-in processor switch, memory expansion capabilities, and ports with mini DIN8 connectors, the same as the 2GS and Mac Plus. Though much better than the 2C, it did not fare well due to the compatibility problems in the rise in popularity of the Macintosh line and Apple II clones. The 2C Plus was discontinued in November of 1990. 
You have been listening to the This Happened Today in History podcast. I thank you for listening, and I hope that you have enjoyed learning about historical events from the past. Thank you to the following websites for their information regarding today's topics. ThePeopleHistory.com Hubble Space Telescope at news.bbc.co.uk The Ireland Easter Uprising at history.com and Apple2C at applemuseum.bot.org The music used as the background track for this podcast is Americana, created by Kevin McLeod on Incompetech.com. If you enjoyed this information and would like to hear more, please consider subscribing, as this will keep the historical events in your feed in the morning for each day. I hope you have a great day.